Chiefs won a big game. Now what? How do they take the next step forward? How do they roll stopping King Henry, a feat that not many teams in this league can accomplish, to make them springboard and make them stronger for the stretch run? Here we go. Matt Derrick's with us from Locked On Chiefs. Well, he is on Locked On Chiefs. He's from Chiefs Digest today. We're going to get right into it. Coming up now on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. I should almost like triple your window so there's like seven versions of Matt on the show today. That would make a lot of sense. Welcome back, everybody. We're brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, that's where you can get into the game and make your biggest impact. It's where the game starts. I'll tell you more about that later. A lot of takeaways from this last ball game. A lot of rotation. Really interesting things that I think could be the foundation going forward as they're getting ready for this, this run that I think is changing the way that it looks. We're going to get into today. He's Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, where you can go find him. I'm Ryan Tracy from RogueAPC.com, NFL 33, NRGR. lot to do here. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another, maybe the draft show on the Locked On Network for your second one. So, Matt, big fallout is there was we were up so late. When you take a big step back from this ball game, you see that this was maybe, uh, certainly on my part, um, not given the respect that that run offense was going to deserve. The way that the Chiefs actually not only came back, but really took a tail at halftime and restructured the way they were going to play. That's a lot of takeaways from me. When you can apply that towards the rest of the season, what's the big outlook for you that this game showed us? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a few things. I mean, one is certainly, you know, just focusing on the offensive side quickly. Um, I mean, I think there's going to be games that are just going to be like this. You know, I think it's going to be tough, as, as I've talked about. I think it's going to be tough, especially for the offensive line, to just match the intensity that you're going to see each and every week. And that means that, hey, I don't think that this offense is just going to be finely tuned every single week. I mean, there's going to be some times that they're going to have to grind through it. Um, they seem to have a pretty good pattern now, maybe, of popping up where, you know, after a stinker, maybe a, a performance that isn't as sharp as it could be, they come back with one that really is. So I'm kind of expecting against Jacksonville that we're going to see a more efficient offense. Um, it's, it's not like they didn't put up some yards, but it took a lot of plays to get there last week against the Titans. So I, I think that's just something that you're going to continue to see, especially with some of the injuries that have popped up on the offensive line and some of the the real rigors I think that that group is going with. I mean, I think you've, you've seen it pop up in both pass protection and the run game. There's some things that they have to figure out. But if they can figure out the consistency, then this is going to be a tough team to stop because when its offense is on, we know it's on. Uh, defensively, I mean, I think there's a lot that you can, they can take away from this. I mean, there have been questions about the run game and, you know, which defense is this defense? Is it the one that we saw against Tampa Bay or one of the ones that we've seen a few other times this season? I mean, this was, all in all, a pretty good performance against the Titans. You know, take out three plays, maybe, and this was an absolutely dominating performance against that Titans offense. And even though, as, as one-dimensional as it is, we know Derrick Henry's a good player. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think there's a lot to like. I mean, they're still going to get tested. I mean, Trent McDuffie hasn't been tested yet. There's going to be more questions to answer in the second half of the season. But uh, to me, hey, this was a game that the Chiefs five years ago, I think, lose. But they're not that same team now. They're a team that can grind out and get wins in games like this. 
Well, and that's what it takes. And I, I want to talk about McDuffie in the next segment because he in particular really intrigues me where they go from here. But this, when it's all said and done, I, I teased on uh, on Sunday night that it was the, the Thanos game for for Patrick. But honestly, that comparison aside, it, it was like the Reaper time again, where he just has to put everything on his shoulders and become the the unstoppable force that gets things done. That's fine and, and great, and it's it's incredible to watch those games. If you're a fan, you get the most out of that than anybody I can remember in, in recent memory. But from the team perspective, if you have to go back to that well, how many times can you do that without starting to wonder, like, do we really have it in this? You said there was a big snap count for the offense the other night. What does this do for, the, say, the next three weeks on what you can expect to have in reserve? Yeah, that's a really good question for a couple of position groups. I mean, I, I don't know if I have a ton of concerns about Mahomes because he seems to be just such a unicorn. And honestly, throwing the ball 68 times isn't a stress for him. He's done it more than that. Um, now, granted, he's a little older and this is a different level. So, hey, it's tougher to do. Um, but I don't have a ton of concerns as far as that goes. I mean, I, if anything, I think that the bigger concern is up front. Um, you know, the offensive line coming off the bye week, maybe they were, uh, you know, a little, um, maybe just not in rhythm as, at the beginning. I mean, that's, you know, I think that can happen on the offensive line and in the trenches. Sometimes that can, that can happen. Maybe there's some of the issues on defense too. But uh, with 91 plays, 100 plus snaps, essentially, um, over close to 80 dropbacks, that's a lot of work and stress on the offensive line. And like we talked about after the game, that was the most exhausted I've ever seen the offensive line after a game ever. Yeah. And especially after a win, usually a win gives you a little bit of an energy boost. There was no energy boost the other night. So this is a week I, I'm fully expecting Andy Reid to probably ease up a little bit on the reins early in the week, probably a light practice on Wednesday since it is later in the season. Um, they need some, they, they, they need a rest because if you're going to see any fallout from that Titans win, to me, it, yeah, it's it's on the offensive side and particularly the offensive line just needing some rest and recovery. If anything, defense, even as physical as a game that was, should pre be in pretty good shape because they weren't out there very long. Mm -hmm. Saving them reps goes a long way. We'll, we'll talk about that in the next segment and what I think they ought to do with the offense later in the hour here. But they have a job, the offensive line does, to protect Patrick. Just like our friends from Simply Safe have a job, when they are employed by you to protect your home. And right now, you want to have that protection. And our listeners can get the number one rated Simply Safe Home Security for 50% off. That's a big deal for your peace of mind and how you go about protecting those you love and things that you want to hold on to. It's, it's pretty simple. They have an emergency number, 24-7 professional monitoring by agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. And it's it captures critical evidence. And therefore, they can verify the threat is real so that you're not having these erroneous calls to police that, that turn into the uh, boy who cried wolf syndrome. That 24-hour professional monitoring comes at a cost of a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT or any of the other professionally installed systems. And it's whole home security. It's all over the place. Sensors in every room, every window, every door, HD cameras inside and out. The whole nine yards is the top-rated Simply Safe app that runs it all. In complete control of your system. So don't miss your chance to say big on this security system, the one that we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on. You want to check that out. It's the biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. 
Holidays are coming up. You get a lot more to protect. It's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. What is safe to me is that you did protect the defense there. Very important. I thought we saw a nice, clear adjustment in how they decided to defend Henry. And that led to everything else, in my opinion. But some rotation up front, I think, helped that. Obviously, with Frank Clark out, who's been not only a motivational guy against this team in years past, but someone who can literally set one side of the defense by his lonesome. How did you feel about the performance of the defensive ends and how that rotation came about in making up for the loss of Frank Clark? Yeah, and that was that was one thing I thought that the the defense did struggle with early on. I think there was a little, you know, hey, Joe Cullen wants his defensive line guys to to play aggressive and to get up field and get up field fast. But against a team like the the Titans, and especially with Willis at quarterback, I mean, you've got to be a little more patient. You and you've, it's really a lot more important about setting the edge in the run game than it is in the pass game. And that's where I thought, you know, hey, Frank Clark might make a difference in, you know, his absence because he is, I felt, had a pretty good season this year playing against the run. And there were definitely some leaks early on in this game. Um, I I thought they certainly improved. You know, there was a little bit more steady in this game. I mean, it's hard to sometimes read a little bit into the snap counts when, you know, the defense only plays 51 snaps. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and Chris Jones told us that, you know, Carlos Dunlap was on a bit of a snap count. Um, that he wasn't supposed to be playing that many. He plays 31 snaps. They clearly didn't want him to play that many, but he got a, a, a few more. And I think some of that was certainly, you know, having a veteran guy on the outside that they trust a little bit more in some of those situations. Um, but the one one of the guys I'm really curious about, I know we talked about it the other night, is, is Colin Saunders. Um, he had a very productive game. And, mm-hmm. you know, and some of that was by the nature of the, the contest. You know, the, the Titans were running the ball up the middle a lot and running right at Colin Saunders. But he responded um, yeah. and his playing time, you know, he's gone from earlier in the season playing around 30% of the snaps. Now it's inched up to about 40%. Um, that to me, I mean, I think one, it shows a little bit more confidence from Joe Cullen, you know, that he really, he really, he really likes Colin Saunders, by the way. I mean, there's no <laughs> doubt he's one of, he's one of his favorites. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, but I think that one of the questions the Chiefs have always had about Saunders, which baffles me, because I think they've had some endurance questions, you know, that just with his size, if how much that he can play. And I don't have those concerns. I mean, I've seen him play mm-hmm. basketball and run up and down a court. I mean, yeah, for a big guy, I think he's got a lot of endurance. So uh, I don't think he is, is the same guy that he was off his rookie season either, when maybe he did show some stamina issues. I'd be intrigued about seeing more of him because I thought he played really well. Um, maybe he is developing more of, of a, a rush defender than he's been. I mean, earlier in, in his career with the Chiefs, you know, they saw him more as a, as a pass situation guy. Maybe they're willing to see that he's a little bit more well-rounded than that. I mean, and, and it is a contract year. Don't forget for Colin Saunders. And he's well aware of it. So he knows he needs to be playing his best football. And I think he is. Given that, and in, in specifically for that contract year, I, I think right now I'm glad to see the surge. I've been waiting for it, honestly. This is what I thought would happen two years ago. So it is a little bit delayed, but I don't think he's in any danger of pricing himself out of Kansas City. I think he's he's very clearly eligible to return at this point, given the size of the contract. But would you like to see his snaps tick up, or do you think he should be a starter? Or do you think that we want to save him for those pass rush steps by not overtaxing it? Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him tick up a bit. I mean, and there's some guys that, you know, and, and some of this will certainly change when, when Frank Clark comes back as far as, you know, snap counts going down. I mean, 
you know, Mike Dana played 43 snaps. That's not a that's not a ton for him. I mean, I don't have any concerns about that. It was more of, you know, 84% of snaps being the bigger question mark for me. I think they just need to keep a lot more of those down to 70% or less. I mean, Chris Jones played 96% of the snaps. Again, 49 snaps overall, so it's not a huge number. I mean, I'm comfortable with that number. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think that the, you know, especially going later into the season, I think that this defensive line is going to stand up better if they get a little bit more of an even rotation going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've got to figure out the end of it too. I mean, I, I want, I'm, I still want to see Danny Shelton out there. You know, Taylor Stallworth is on the roster right now. He only played four snaps in this game. Um, I mean, that's, that's just the very definition of just a substitutional piece. I mean, somebody who goes out there, you know, when they need, somebody needs a breather. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and at this point, if that's what Danny Shelton is too, I mean, I still would like to see what he's got. So I don't know when or if we're going to see that, but I, I'm, I, if this game is a little bit odd just because of the low work that the defense got, but I still would like to see more of a varied rotation on the line. I think that goes to the, the pressure totals that we saw only four was the maximum for Jones and Saunders and Karloftis together. I thought Karloftis is getting closer to actually finishing some of these reps. But when you take a look at it, it was it was Bolton, Thornhill, and Sneed that didn't come off the field, all 51 snaps. After that, the rookie McDuffie in his first return to action was out there for 49 of them. I mean, well, what is that, 96%. Is that what your expectation is going forward? Do you see have any problem with that? I thought maybe they'd pepper him in a little bit, but clearly that was not the plan. Yeah, I thought that there was a possibility that they they might do exactly that, maybe use him as the third corner of this game just to, to let him get in there. But I think that, you know, one, this signals that they feel like that he's recovered enough, that he's 100% enough, that they don't have to baby him, that they can just throw him out there. Clearly, they're comfortable with him from a just a, you know, being ready to play standpoint. Forget the physical part of it, just having picked up the defense enough and stayed in the playbook enough during his his time off to play. So I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, at this point, barring injury, Snead and McDuffie are your two starters, you know, with Fitton gone. Um, question's going to be, you know, how are they going to use that number three spot? Because even before Watson, you know, had that getting a little dinged up there at the end of the first half when he got the dirt in his eye and had to come to the sideline. Uh, even before that, Josh Williams was getting the number three corner reps and being mm-hmm. the, the third guy that comes in. Now, is that, you know, because they're playing the Titans and they're just wanting a little bit different look for their nickel package. Maybe so. I mean, that may just very well be the case, but that was curious that Williams was, was getting the looks because earlier in the season that would have been Watson in that role. Yeah. I, I took that away as a team that whether Chris Jones let it out of the bag or not, or Jeffrey Simmons did, didn't expect to see the veteran quarterback was expecting a rookie they were going against. Yeah, they, they they clearly were preparing more for, for Malik Willis than they were for Ryan Tannehill. And that, and that probably affected a lot of things with the game plan and, and what they were planning to do. Um, even then, uh, even though they still, I felt, took a little time to settle in, you know, facing Willis, I think they were a little bit, and you know what, and that can sometimes happen off the bye week too, you know, going up against a, a team that has a situation like this where you've got a speedy quarterback and a really physical, speedy runner like Henry is. Sometimes coming off the bye, you just kind of forget how, <laughs> Fast and big guys like that are, and and Willis obviously is a little bit more shifty. I mean, that's not that's not the same thing, and it's hard to replicate on a scout team. Yeah, I understand that. Replicating is what I want to talk about next. We're going to do that after the break because we are brought to you today by Blue Nile. And if you guys are looking to get some special sparkle going in your life, 
whether it's uh, an anniversary like mine is coming up, kind of a big one. If it's uh, an engagement, if it's a graduation present, there's all kinds of things. And as the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below retailers. So you don't have to go to a store and pick it out and deal with salespeople. You just get the value. There's millions of couples that have created their perfect engagement ring this way. They have easy online tools for this. You can benchmark everything that you want, and they'll build you a one-of-a-kind engagement ring just for you. If you're looking for that special piece, this is the way to go at Blue Nile. Make the moment sparkle with Blue Nile and go to their site, bluenile.com, and use our code Locked On, and you can save $50 on your first purchase of $500+. plus. That's bluenile.com. The code is locked on and you get $50 off. That's 10% of your $500 purchase at bluenow.com code locked on. Now, if I was going to sparkle, I would probably try to highlight receiver X, runner Y, whatever you're looking to do. Balance is what I'm looking for. Like we talked about earlier, the snap counts in the past game, 80 dropbacks. It has me shivering at this point. Now, maybe it's nothing for Patrick who's thrown the ball, I don't know, how many millions of times in his life. But achieving balance, I think, is still important. They clearly had some trouble running the ball. We talked about the offensive line earlier and the injuries culminating in that. Maybe my perception is wrong, but when guys are hurt, particularly in the upper body, I think running the ball is a little bit easier on them. Do I have that wrong, or was this just a situational matchup with the Titans' front that deterred them from running better? Yeah, I mean, I think the the problems with the run game the other night were probably a lot of different things. I mean, I I I didn't think that necessarily the Chiefs' plan of attack was a particularly inspired. Um, there were some plays that I thought that they were fairly predictable, and they weren't as as unexpected as we've seen in the past. I mean, I go back to you know the game against Tampa Bay. You know, coming off of the the Colts game, they put out a lot of new stuff for that game. And they ran the ball very effectively as a result. I mean, and they dominated that game at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, and some of that is certainly effort and it's adrenaline and it's energy. But, you know, being unpredictable is an important part of it. And another part, too, is chemistry. And I just don't know. I mean, I know that you want variety, but I got to think it's hard as a runner. I mean, for as much as we've always, you know, heard from running backs, you know, they say they need time, you know, and, and work to get into a rhythm. And I get some of that is I want the football, so don't give it to anybody else. That's how you, you keep me warm. But, you know, when you got three backs that you're trying to feed and, you know, and all three of them only get four or five touches, I don't know how anybody gets into a rhythm in that standpoint. And that goes to back to the offensive line, too, because you're talking about three runners that are all different styles and you've got to do different approaches. And I just don't know how varied and multiple you can be and still be effective in those spots. I almost, you know, think that the Chiefs probably need to pick a guy each week that's going to be the more dominant back and plan a game plan around them rather than trying to be all things. Because I don't think the all things approach has been working really well. And, you know, and I don't know how much it takes from the Titans game in itself, because certainly they struggle with the run game early um, and then they got away from it. And I think a big reason they got away from it goes back again to, you know, I don't know if you can you can get that push as an offensive line when you're as worn out as those guys were. Mm -hmm. And right from the block out of, you know, out, off the bye week, they had that 15-play drive to open things up. And that kind of put them a little bit behind the eight ball in an energy standpoint from the very beginning. And I think at that point, Andy Reid got to the sense that it's like, okay, I think that this is a night that my offensive line is going to be more effective pass blocking than run blocking. 
So let's just stick with that. I wonder, and I, I tweeted this at the time during the game, and it's still on my mind. They didn't try to attack the edges in the run game, which I think, especially if you're getting beat up front with a, a powerful front, and they will see some others this year that are going to be powerful as well. Just getting the pitch game going, getting those those little uh, pitch passes. McColl had a great day out two weeks ago. Then we didn't see the jet sweep really come into effect at all. Is that, I think, a miscalculation, or do you see it as, as somehow a positive or a, a inclined position to save that for later? Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like that, and maybe it was saving some things. Uh, they, they certainly tried to build a few things off of, you know, faking the jet sweep and doing some different things. And I thought even the timing on some of those were a little bit odd. Um, they had a, a trap play that they, they ran up the middle that they ran the exact same play three times, and it went nowhere three times. Yeah, and I was kind of like, I don't know why you keep going to that well, because it's not working. Um, so the same kind of series you, you did. I mean, I was really surprised they didn't work the edges more try and stretch the defense a bit. Um, they had, I think Hardman had maybe the one jet sweep. I thought that was another way that maybe they might in, induce getting Kadarius Tony involved mm -hmm. as well. Um, but, you know, we, we really didn't see that. We saw, if anything, we really saw the Chiefs using the, the, the threat of the jet sweeps and the pop passes more than actual weapons. So I was a little surprised by that. We'll see if that changes this week. I mean, I do think it was certainly part of the game plan. It was intentional. And if that means that, you know, they're, they're going to be featuring it more down the road, I mean, we know it's going to be a staple part of the offense. But I, I almost got to maybe the idea that's like, you know what, we showed that too much against the 49ers. Now they're going to be ready for it. So probably won't work this week against the Titans. It's interesting that you bring up Tony, too, because I – I'm I'm very intrigued by what they're going to do with him because right now, if I'm just watching that in one game, uh, he's clearly now the blocking tight end. Um, that's really his only usefulness. I, I I think the the jet sweep stuff is definitely something to build off of for him and McColl. Is there enough of those snaps? Do you think down the stretch of the season to go around for both of them to get some of those looks, or is it really a a shifting of away from McColl in that situation towards Kadarius? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's it's a it's a safe move to shift too much of it to Hardman. I mean, I think that if anything, you know, I maybe you want to take a little bit off of Hardman's plate just so he can let that heel settle down and he doesn't have to do everything. And if that's the case, then you can find a spot for Tony to, you know, give him 10 to 15 plays off a game and knowing that he's going to get a handful of touches and plays that are specifically designed for him. I uh, thought it was pretty interesting. You know, hey, Andy Reid's complimented Tony for his blocking and his physicality. And he's like, we didn't require him to do that, but it's nice that he know he can. Um, but I think you also saw, I mean, how will the Chiefs work Tony into the offense? And what kind of touches is he going to get? I mean, I think it's pretty clear, you know, it's going to be screens. It's going to be quick slants. It's going to be things behind the line of scrimmage. So maybe some jet sweeps. Those are the ways. Just get him the ball in space and try and let him make plays. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of him involved in, you know, the intermediate passing game. Maybe you see what he can do on just, you know, running a straight nine route. But I don't think you're going to see them get too tricky or complicated with, with Tony in the game. I mean, low mesh seems to be the easiest way to get him the ball with space to get yak. I, I didn't see that this first game, but I like the slant action. I think that there's more there. But that said, that's another mouth to feed. And so my last question about the receiver group is, I think this was going to be a continual whack-a-mole every week of who's going to be the leading receiver. It's settling down to be Juju being the number two target behind Travis. What has happened to MVS? 
do you have the expectation that it, the pendulum switch is back, that we see more? Does it become more of a committee? Or is this now where defenses are going to focus on Juju and we have to have another option pop up for us to actually pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that with MVS, I think a big part of it is just honestly, simply, Juju's playing better. I mean, you know, I mean, hey, we know that Travis Kelsey's always going to be the first option in this offense. It doesn't necessarily always mean that he's the first read, but it's the yeah. one player that Mahomes always knows he can go to him. He knows where he's going to be. They've got that simpatico kind of thing where the adjustments that they make that, hey, especially in the hot situations, Mahomes knows how he's going to how he's going to read a, pre, a coverage and how he's going to adjust. I think you're seeing, you know, Juju's getting there. And, and honestly, I mean, Juju's a better player than MVS. We've got the back of their football cards to tell us that. <laughs> so I don't think it's a big surprise at this point where he's at. I mean, you know, there's probably one scenario where you say MVS is doing exactly what maybe he we should have expected from him. Um, certainly, I think there was greater expectations because he and Mahomes seemed to have such great chemistry in the offseason and during you know the training camp, and it just hasn't quite translated yet. But I think you're seeing with Juju right now is just simply one, that he's a talented football player. He's healthy. He's got a great quarterback. He's having fun, and he's learning how to play in this system. Um, doesn't mean MVS can't still be there and isn't going to get opportunities. He's had, obviously, moments, but... He just hasn't had the consistency of Juju. But honestly, you look at the bulk of their careers, that's always been true. Yeah. And it will probably continue that way. And for those of you, I know the majority of you out there are, are wondering, uh, cards are what you used to get before there was social media. They came in bubblegum packs and you collected them and they had player stats on them. Just want to I translate. Should have, I should have said they're pro football reference pages, shouldn't Yeah, I? there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly that's all going to shift, and that's why we have it on the web now. So it's great. But I'm really intrigued to see how this, this week progresses and what we see next. See if there is a shifting of the pendulum. We will be back. We'll have post game with Matt, as we always do. And then we'll check in again next week. Thanks for your time this week, Matt. We appreciate it. Can't wait, and I'm excited for noon football. I hope you all are too. Oh, what an idea, folks. Get ready. You're going to have an evening to yourself. It's going to be wonderful. Have a great day today. We'll be back with you tomorrow getting ready for that next ball game. Thanks for listening now, and we'll talk to you then.